This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 84. Y'all, back to school is no joke, and I'm getting so many questions about how and when to support kiddos and all that jazz. So we're going to dive into it today. I'm going in-depth on four different areas that I think are really crucial and how and when to support kiddos. But before we dive in, there are a couple tickets left for Mama's Getaway Weekend. If you're like, what in the world is Mama's Getaway Weekend? Girl, I got you. Mama's Getaway Weekend is happening in Gloucester, Massachusetts, October 18th and 19th. And there are three different entry points. You can either come for the whole weekend if you're down to take Friday and Saturday night and get out of Dodge and have some time for yourself and build your mama toolbox and your village all at the same time. Or you can come for Saturday and pop up. There are a couple workshops. We're going to do a panel. You guys, there's nothing like a live event. In fact, it like lights my heart on fire and every single time that I like leave the stage, it fills my soul because the energy in that room and knowing that I get to answer everybody's questions in real time, people get to leave Mama's Getaway Weekend with tangible tips and tricks, real life things that you can put into play that isn't like another thing on your to-do list that actually fits into your everyday life. This is meant to be a weekend where you can step away and build your parenting toolbox while also taking care of your mama self. There's a reason this is only for mamas because statistically speaking in the U.S., moms are terrible at taking care of themselves. Uh, We often like as women often are putting other people before us anyway. And then as a mom, there's this narrative that like you have to take care of everyone first and that it's just a part of being a mom is that you like lose who you are. And sister, that just doesn't have to be true. And we know that the only way you can show up for everybody else is if you show up for yourself first. So take a pause Come join us in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and hang out with other moms. Let's get down and dirty on your biggest mama questions and leave feeling empowered and confident in your parenting journey. If you are ready to snag your tickets, come on over to mamasgetaway.com for more details, and you can purchase your ticket right there. 
holler at your girl if you have any questions. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. I get so many questions about back to school transitions because everybody wants to nail this, right? Like you're either sending your kid off into the abyss with a new whole school and you don't know the system or you don't know what it's going to be like, or maybe it's that you are, your kid is moving to a new classroom, new caregiver, et cetera, in a school that you know, and it's, it feels a little more comfortable. Either way, transitions are often hard and they come with a lot of hard feelings. So let's dive into how you can navigate these to best support your tiny humans, right? So like, what does this look like in a way that is supportive for them and also for you? Because when they're dysregulated, let's get real, the whole system's off, right? Like you're dysregulated, everybody's kind of a mess and it just doesn't have to be this hard. So we're gonna dive into some tangible tips and tricks here. This is specifically about school transition. We're going to have other episodes about like transitioning to like adding another sibling, etc. But this is about school transitions. All right. First and foremost, let's look at preparation. So say your kiddo is starting school next week or they're going to be transitioning to a new classroom at some point throughout this year, etc. Here are tools to put into place in preparation. First thing, visual aids. There are a few different visual aids that I love. We as adults use visual aids all the dang time. We have calendars, we have phones, we have clocks, we have reminders, we have post-it notes, we have to-do lists, we have shopping lists. We have visual aids all the time so that we don't have to keep all the information in our head. In fact, Zach and I like have a shared Google calendar, right? Like that's how we know where is someone gonna be? Alyssa, what's your schedule? We are one car families, like who needs the car when? A calendar is like what saves our marriage. So looking at what visual aids are we providing our kid, are we giving them access to a calendar where they can see like, here's today, here is the first day of school and like, what days are school days, what days are home days, even if we know that they know the days of the week and they know Saturday and Sunday are home days, having a visual aid as a reminder for them can be so helpful. So when we're preparing them for school, I want to start using the calendar to show them when the first day of school is about a week out. It's never too late. Like if you're like, all right, in two days, Alyssa, they're starting a new classroom or whatever, then that's fine. You can show them today. Like, here's what today is. In two days, you're going to have a new classroom. Like, let's talk about it. This gives them and you can move like what today is like every single day so that they have something they can look at so that they're not like, oh, is it tomorrow? How many more days till my new school? All that jazz. Use a visual aid. 
Also, side note here, if you have a parent who travels or a partner who travels or whatever, a caregiver who travels, using a visual aid like this can let them know like when that person's going to be in town, when they're going to be traveling, who's putting them to bed at night, all that jazz you can use on a calendar. Okay, next visual aid is what we call a transition schedule. This is the routine for the day. I like to have a morning one, and then you can set it for the afternoon, right? Like, all right, in the morning when we wake up, before we leave for school, here are the things that are going to happen, and it's visual schedule for them. So it might be a picture of a toothbrush. It might be a picture of clothes. It might be a picture of breakfast. It might be a picture of shoes or a jacket and a picture of the car. Like visual aid here. You can buy these anywhere. You can make your own if you are crafty. I am not crafty. So Tara, our graphic designer, made one for you that's on our website. You can purchase it and you download the PDF and then all these different pictures are there for you with the words and you can we have some people who like laminate them which is really like my dream I love lamination but are like laminated and then velcroed onto a piece of cardboard or like a fancier board or whatever you can laminate them and put magnets on them and use them on the fridge you can use them however you want and if you don't like ours I genuinely don't care. You can find them anywhere. Etsy, Amazon, make your own. Like I said, whatever works for you. Um, Ours is available at our seed shop. If you go on our website, seedandsew.org, you can snag it there. And then for ours, if you need something that's not on there, you just let us know and Tara will make a graphic for you with the word that you can use. I like one in the morning and then in the afternoon when you're coming home to like set it together. All right, here's what it looks like. And that'll help you go right through till bedtime. You also, some folks have like a different separate one in that child's bedroom. And then the night of, you could either set it for the next morning, like, all right, our morning routine is going to be this, or you set it after that kid's in bed so they wake up and can see it. Totally depends on what works for your family unit there, but having a visual schedule. I write out on my, I have like a daily calendar. I'm kind of a crazy calendar lady. I have a full year calendar where I can see like when, sometimes I'm booked out for conferences and speaking engagements months in advance. And so those are all out on my like annual calendar. And then we're looking at monthly. I have a giant wall calendar that's monthly. Like, I mean, giant that is in a frame so I can write on it. And then we clear it each month and and reset it. And then we have like our Google calendar that we share. And then I have a weekly calendar where I write out like everything I'm doing for seed. And on each day, I write out literally the times of like, okay, at nine o'clock, I'm going to be doing this. By 11 o'clock, I'm doing this. At 12 o'clock, I have this interview or whatever it is. Like it is laid out by the timeline so that I know what's coming next. This is so huge for our kiddos too. And it can help us stay on task and fall into nice routines, especially if you're trying to get out the door for school, all that jazz. It's also something you can reference in the morning. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. 
The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If your kid is starting a new classroom or a new school... You can make a homemade book. I would reach out to the school and just say like, hey, can I have pictures of the classroom, of the school itself, of the playground, of the teacher? And you just put together a little book. It does not have to be fancy, my friends. (laughs) So I was applying to a job once and I just literally went on their website and stalked them. I looked up everything about them. I saw pictures of the school. I checked out everything. We get to give our kiddos this same insight. It like preps them for what's to come so they don't walk into this space totally shocked because it feels completely new in every way to them. So giving them like a heads up with this visual aid, especially if they're going to have like a different caregiver they haven't had before, like a picture of that caregiver and their name. Uh, so you can talk about them a bit and they then when they see them for the first time, they like kind of feel like they know them. Another thing we can do in preparation is tell social stories. Social stories are stories that we are making up that are giving kiddos like a toolbox to pull from here. So it might be stories you make up about somebody else. Don't use your kiddo's name here. That talks about the first time that this kiddo was going to school and they were a little nervous because they didn't know anybody. And then... They walked in and these kids were playing and they didn't know what to do and they start they went up and they said their name and just like you can narrate what can happen in ways that your kiddo could then navigate the first day of school. You can also just talk about the hard feelings and what they do to feel calm in that moment. So 
I also will tell kiddos stories about things that I have done. So one time I was going to a new school and I was feeling really nervous because I didn't know anybody. And I was also excited because I wanted to meet some new friends, but I didn't know how to do that. And just like talking them through it and like, what did you do? Guys, these stories don't have to be real. You can make them up. It's just letting them know they're not alone. Other people have experienced this before and there is a toolbox to pull from to navigate it. They are going to go through transitions like this for the rest of their life. They're going to go to new schools. They're going to meet new friends. They're going to have new partners. They are going to start new jobs. They're going to transition potentially into parenthood. Like they're going to be transitions forever. And the biggest gift we can give them is the next step in preparation, asking them, what can you do to help your body feel calm if you're feeling scared, if you're feeling nervous, if you're feeling sad to say goodbye? What can you do to help your body feel calm? Because you're not always going to be there to help them feel calm. We want them to know there are things they can do to help their body feel calm. You can provide them with coping strategies options for this up front. If they don't say anything, then you could say, hmm, sometimes when I'm feeling nervous, I like to read a book or I like to draw a picture. I like to play with a friend. I like to take some deep breaths. Giving them these options up front so they know what to pull from. The biggest part of preparation is validating their feelings. If they say, I'm feeling nervous about school starting soon, instead of saying, don't be nervous, you're going to have so much fun, you're going to meet new friends, etc., you can say, ugh, I know, it's so nerve-wracking when you do something new and you don't know anybody there yet or you don't know what it's going to be like. And then you can, like, tell a social story. You know what? Sometimes... I feel nervous too. I remember the first time I started a new school and then you tell a social story about it. Or you can go into, sometimes when I'm feeling nervous at something new, I like to draw a picture about it or I like to go and take some deep breaths when I walk in if I'm feeling nervous. What could you do if you're feeling nervous when you're there? Like when they bring up those emotions, instead of invalidating them you get to validate them you get to say that's totally normal I have been there before too and here's what it can look like I was getting ready to go to a conference as a teacher in early childhood when a mom a friend of mine was like man I wish I could go learn all of those things too and I was like dang it I wish that too I wish there was like a conference for parents where you could step back away from kiddos for a minute and build your toolbox and look at what you need to help you be the parent you want to be. Teachers and professionals in early childhood do this all the time, right? Like we take a pause and we look at areas that we need to build on and we learn more. We dive deeper so that we can be the teachers that we want to be. And so I'm creating this for moms. First off, mamas, taking a break and stepping back can give you such amazing perspective. And to do that whilst also building your toolbox, yeah, dude, I said whilst, it's one of my new favy words. It can just be incredible to then be able to go 
back to your house, not just feeling like, okay, man, I took a weekend away and I'm feeling refreshed just to feel right back in the same spot on Monday afternoon or Tuesday at the latest, but instead to go back with new tools that you can implement to try and help that burnout from creeping in, to give you confidence in your parenthood journey. And at the same time, you get to connect with other mamas who are right there with you. Come join us at Mama's Getaway Weekend in Gloucester, Massachusetts in October. Go snag your ticket right now at mamasgetaway.com. I cannot wait to hug you in real life. See you there, sis. So in real time, first of all, friend, you have got to look at what is your support system. Yours, not theirs, yours. Because it is not their job to get calm for you. It is your job to feel calm for them. If you feel nervous or you don't trust the school or you don't trust the caregiver, etc., they're gonna know. We have what's called mirror neurons. So like our bodies fire off of each other. Just like if a baby is laughing or giggling, you laugh or you giggle. I just like smiled thinking about that. And in the same vein, if your kiddo is crying or throwing a tantrum on aisle four, you are also internally throwing a tantrum on aisle four. In this instance, if you are feeling nervous about the school when you drop them off, even if you don't say it, your insides are going to be firing some cortisol and they will start to fire it too. But if you can take some deep breaths and find your calm, you can support them in finding theirs and their body will be mirroring yours. So how are you going to do this? What's this going to look like? Up front, you can be looking at like, all right, I am on that first day. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plan. Or you know what? Even leading up to the first day, like I'm feeling nervous, I need to talk to my friend or I need to journal about it or I need to talk to my partner. One of my favorite, favorite things, we had a family once who every single day on the like first day of school, both parents, this is a two parent family, both parents would take that day off of off of work and they would have a day date. Uh, I have another parent who every time she would drop off on the first day of school took a personal day and she would just have like a self-care day. She would go and do stuff that brought her joy so that she was doing something for her and it was like a day she would look forward to then and not a day where the whole day she was like, I wonder how they're feeling. Are they okay? Are they okay? Are they okay? Guess what, guys? You're choosing a school for them, hopefully, that you trust and you know these people are trained in early childhood or trained in education and are there to support your tiny human. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. The people that you're dropping your kid off with should have experience and education in this so that they know how to support your kid through this. And when you have that trust, when you know you're dropping your kid off into a supportive environment, you can go have a date with your partner or go get a mani-pedi or go read a book by yourself or go grocery shopping without a kid with you, like whatever that looks like to you. But I love the idea of like, what are you doing after you drop that kid off? Almost every single year on first day of school drop off, I'm on call for a few people. I get phone calls of friends of mine who are crying in the car or texts from friends who are like, oh my gosh, this was so hard. Like, can I chat with you? Right? Like, this is the role of the village. Who is in your village? Who are you going to reach out to on that day? Or what are your plans for that day so that you have a plan in place for your own self-care? I love mantras. Anytime I'm feeling really whelmed, mantras serve as reminders for me that I have tools for this and I'm going to make it through this, etc. And so figuring out like what mantra would be calming for you? Is there a phrase that you're going to keep on your phone or put on a post-it note in your car or on your bathroom mirror to see that morning? What's it going to look like for you to have a phrase to turn to like, I trust the school they're going to. Or, it's my job to be calm for them. Or, it's okay if they feel sad during this. Whatever it is that is a good reminder for you, plaster that thing all over. Okay, when you drop off, it has got to be like a, a clear cut here. If you are going back in and leaving and going back in and leaving, if you say goodbye and they start crying and then you go back, if they they are going to get mixed messages and they're going to feel like the people that are going to be taking care of them are not capable of responding to their big emotions. What we want to do is say, all right, I'm going to go. Don't sneak out so that they feel like they can't turn around when you're in their presence because you might have disappeared. We want them to know when you're going to leave and it's okay 
if they have hard feelings in front of you. That's the part that's got to be okay. If you're sneaking out because you don't want to see them cry, you're doing that for you, not for them. I want them to trust that it's okay if they go off and play when you're in their space because if you're going to leave, you're going to say goodbye. So when you are going to say goodbye, you can go up and say, all right, I'm going to leave in one minute. I'm going to put your food away or I'm going to read one book with you and then it's time for me to go and then I'll come back at the end of the day, whatever it is, and then go after that. So if you read one book, then you say, all right, I love you. I'm going to give you a hug and a kiss. Goodbye and leave and walk away. If you hesitate, if you come back and forth, your kiddo is getting the message that you aren't totally confident about this either. I know it's so hard. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. This is not going to be a walk in the park. You're not going to be like, oh my gosh, that was the best day ever and I feel totally fine. You're probably going to have hard feelings, but it's not your kid's job to manage them. It's not your kid's job to make you feel calm. Some tough love for you here, friend. Okay, now in terms of after school, so often after school, your kiddos are going to recall the things that were hard for them because that's what our brain does. It like sticks with the like, I was sad when you left or so-and-so wouldn't play with me, etc. Um, just like how at the end of the day, we can think of all the ways that we feel like we messed up throughout the day, but we're not recalling all the times that we crushed life. Uh, your kiddo is going to recall these things too, and that's fine. But for you to keep in mind, like your kiddo saying these things doesn't mean their whole day was terrible. It just means these are the things our brains, like, unfortunately, designed to remember in order to try and keep us safe. Here are two of my favorite questions after school. Instead of like, hey, how was your day? Or hey, what did you do today? Those are two very broad questions for any human. Also, like, for your partner or whatever, when they walk in the day, when they walk in from work and you're like, how was your day? Most of the time we're just like, oh, it was good or it was fine. We don't go into detail. And I kind of hate this question. Instead, I want to reframe these. I love these two questions. What did you do today that was really kind? So that we're getting kiddos thinking about a kind thing that they can, that they're going to have to recall when they come home from school, right? That they're going to, they're thinking about kindness. What did you do today that was really kind? It's also in this instance, highlighting that you're so proud of them for kind things. Then when they share it with you, you can say, wow, buddy, I'm so proud of you. I bet that made her heart feel so happy. I love hearing about the kind things that you do or that you say. Another question that I love is something about gratitude. So it depends on the age or stage here. It might be like, what kind thing did someone do for you today? This would have them thinking about gratitude, things that they are grateful for. Or you might ask like, hmm, what was one thing you were grateful for at school today? If they are like prepared for that question, they know what gratitude means. You guys, we know that there are two components to happiness. One is emotion processing. Do you have the tools to process the hard stuff? The other one is gratitude practice. If you don't have a gratitude practice in your household that you're doing as a family, now is the time to start and school's a great time to implement this, to be talking about what we are grateful for. And you can model this. I love, love, love it around like a dinner table or on the way home from school or whatever, where we're saying like, 
Today, I'm really feeling grateful that I got to have my coffee outside because it was so beautiful out and asking, what are you grateful for? What happened today that you're grateful for? Or today, it was so kind. Melissa at work, she shared her granola bar with me when I was feeling hungry. That was so kind of her. It made my heart so happy. What did somebody do for you today that was really kind? Modeling this is huge. They will start to answer these questions and they will start looking for these things. It's a huge component. You want happy kids? Gratitude practice is a key component. All right, guys. Lastly, focus on building their strengths, not building up their weaknesses, right? Like so often our school system is designed to say, what are they not doing great at? Let's focus on those areas. Guys, we're not going to be awesome at everything. I am a terrible drawer, like artist, one who draws. (laughs) I don't know how you say drawer. Zach, it's amazing. Like he can draw beautiful pictures. I could spend forever trying to be a better jar, or I can say, what am I really good at? How can I serve the world with my gifts? I so badly want to be focusing on this. Like, it's okay if I'm never the best artist in the room. That's okay. I don't have to work forever to become a better artist. I can make sure that I know how to communicate what I need to communicate via art and have mediocre art skills or subpar art skills and say, I'm really good at numbers and I love working in a spreadsheet. How can I even enhance that skill and get better at it and serve the world better with that skill? Right. So when we are looking at our kids coming home from school, I'm a huge proponent of focusing on what are their strengths and how do we help them continue to build on those to better serve the world or better show up in whatever capacity. And also, sure, like we can support, say, writing is really hard for them. Sure, we can support them with like, how can you do the best job you can do to be able to function in the world, but you're not going to be excellent in everything. And that's okay. I'm a huge proponent of supporting strengths. All right, guys, we are going to have other episodes on other transitions that happen, but I hope this back to school transition episode is super helpful for you. Would you do me a favor? If there's more that you want to hear, go share on social media and tag me at seed.and.so, S-E-W on Instagram or over on Facebook and let me know what else you want to hear or share it with a friend or on your social media in case other people are looking for these tools to support their kiddos. I love serving people with this free information. And I was in my therapist's office the other day and was saying, man, how grateful I am for the impact we get to have. And that this whole journey for me is about impacting people with tools to raise emotional intelligence and the impact that we have has so much to do with you guys. I am, it warms my heart when I see that you guys are sharing it, whether it's, I'll get a text and it's like, oh, I just shared this with a friend. This episode helped them out. Or I put this on my social media and someone got to build the skill set or they really needed to hear this message today. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this work and for telling others about it because we got these free tools and the more the merrier, man, the more emotionally intelligent humans, the merrier. 
And this impact is so, so, so directly related to you and you sharing this message. So thank you. I love the crap out of this village. You guys are the bomb. Come on over. Let's hang out on social media so I can answer all your questions. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.